here to talk about pets, pet nutrition and wellness, anything that can help our fur children live a longer, vibrant and happier lives. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Welcome to Vital Pet Life Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Donnie and you're listening to Vital Pet Life Podcast. So last week, we talked about how Vital Pet Life started and today we'll be discussing how Dr. Amber discovered her passion for animals and how it, it led her to become a DVM. So stay tuned. Hi, Dr. Amber. Hi, Donnie. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. So we're very excited to be drilling you today about <laughs> your journey and becoming a vet. And, you know, maybe you can share like stories, right, of, of your experiences. And as pet owners, our listeners really wanted to know more about you and how it all started. So... How did you discover your passion for animals? What age? I always think that it always goes back to childhood, how we really like, we wanted it always, our childhood passion always leads us to what we're going to do later in life. So will you let us know or will you give us idea and when did you discover your love for animals and when you decided that you wanted to be a vet? Sure. Well, my earliest memories, I've just always loved animals so much. Um, I grew up, we didn't have a ton of animals over the years. We had a couple of dogs, we had a cat, some birds, guinea pigs. Um, oh. And I just, I always loved cuddling them and taking care of them. And I had a, a torty cat who was very feisty um, mm -hmm. And I used to dress her up in doll clothes and carry her around in my wagon and stuff. And she tolerated it. Um, <laughs> but I always like wanted to baby her uh, growing up. And she, yeah, she actually lived to be 18 years old. Wow. Um, we always had pets in our house. And I actually wasn't one of those little girls that wanted to be a vet, though, from the mm -hmm. time I was little. Uh -huh. um, I always wanted to be a doctor, a human doctor. Growing up, that was just my focus. When I was in college, I was a pre-medical biology major. I went to EMT school, so I got certified as that. But at the same time, I started volunteering with my mom and a friend of mine at a spay and neuter clinic, uh -huh. um, a low cost spay and neuter clinic. And so that's really what got me into the veterinary field. And mostly it was just because, gosh, I love animals. I think this clinic is doing a great thing trying to spay and neuter mm -hmm. um, for, you know, people who can't afford maybe a full service clinic. Wow. And I, I was actually volunteering in that clinic for five years. So it came time my senior year of college where I was going to apply to medical school and it just hit me, gosh, I love animals and I love medicine. I've always wanted to be a doctor and mm -hmm. I could be a vet and combine these two loves. And so I ended up taking a year off between undergrad while I was applying to vet school. There was a couple of classes I needed to take to fulfill the requirements to apply. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did in that year off. And I ended up getting in my first year. So I went to Colorado State, Fort Collins, and 
graduated in 2007. Wow, that's awesome. That's so exciting. I love animals ever since like growing up. I, I always had animals growing up, but I do love them, but I'm really scared of needles. And oh, walking. yeah. <laughs> so and and I don't really like um, being confined in a room. So I think that's one of the pitfalls that I didn't really thought about me being a doctor or a vet. But um, yeah, that's so brave of you. And I love that, that you were able to really figure out that, okay, this is what I want to do. I mean, you're changing life. Oh my God, I could imagine how many animals you have saved and you have helped. That's so amazing. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope so. I hope that over the years I made an impact and, you know, not only on the animals, but on the people. Yeah. Just like what you're doing for our community, like you have given us a lot of tips on how to basically take care of the animals. And I think maybe my next question will be, we met you when you were a vet writer, like a veterinary writer. And then, you know, how did you pivot from being a vet writer to a weekend vaccine warrior and now being a member of the VPL team? I mean, it's just basically, you can still be of service, but not necessarily be in like a hospital or a vet clinic 24-7, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I graduated in 2007. Fast forward five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, five years into my career, I was very burnt out. Like I had a lot of compassion fatigue. Mm. And I remember at that point thinking, I can't do this forever. You know, this is so hard on my heart. And Mm. I think in general, and for me specifically, my love and my passion for animals made it even harder, if that makes sense. Like you want to be able to save everybody. You want to be able to help everybody. Like if I could work as a vet for free and still support my family, I would, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, but that made it even harder for me to go into work every day and see the suffering and know that, as much as you love animals and as much as you want to help, you just can't help everybody. But also just the reality of going to eight years of college. I mean, I graduated vet school with six figures of student debt Mm -hmm. and knowing like I have to work so that I can support my family and pay off my student loans. Mm So, um, you know, in the, in that meantime, there were a couple of job changes that I made um, just from, you know, one general practice to another that helped. I mean, I always had really great bosses who were very understanding and tried Mm -hmm. to, you know, give their employees a really good work-life balance. Um, And so, um, you know, so I stuck it out for 13 years. I finally got to a point where, Every day was a struggle. I don't want to be bleak, but I think this is just the reality that myself and a lot of people in the veterinary field have faced just that compassion fatigue. Like it's always, it's up and down, up and down all day. And so, you know, you, uh, like I had to euthanize one of my favorite pets, um, one of my favorite patients, And then, you know, you go into the next room and it's a new puppy and you have to act like you have to forget that that this patient that you've been caring for for years is 
has now died and oh, have to try to be really happy for this person who's just gotten a new puppy. Oh gosh. That's like a, a world that us pet parents doesn't even know. I see all the vets for tuxedo. I literally see them really tired. That's why I feel sometimes like I'm like, okay, I'm going to send them food. I bet they're really tired. They've been here the whole day. I think it's just not just on the veterinary system, but I think the whole healthcare system, I bet it's really yes. overwhelming. Yes. Like, you know, because I have friends too that are in pedia and all those stuff and they have exactly the same thing because, you know, being a doctor, you really have to be the better person. It's such a huge weight for you guys. Like, yes. Yeah. Because like, other than knowing and diagnosing like what's wrong with the animal or perhaps person, it's pretty much you also have to be compassionate. You yes. have to be empathetic towards the um the owner. Right. Like, oh my God. I could just yeah. imagine. I mean, I would go home and I would just cry. Like, Aww. I can't, I've given so much of myself. Mm-hmm. I can't give any more. Like I was, uh, I, I was struggling to connect with my family. Like we went on this camping trip mm-hmm. and I just sat at the camp while my kids were off, you know, playing volleyball and mm-hmm. swimming. And, and I was just sitting there, like I couldn't even engage. And that weekend I was, yeah, something's got to give, you know, so Not long after that, I gave my boss my notice and I just, I thanked him so much for, (laughs) for just sticking there with me. And and he said, honestly, you lasted longer than we thought you would because he could see how burnt out I was. Um, So, you know, but at the same time, it was going to be a really big financial stress because here I am, I still have all these student loans and Mm -hmm. my husband, you know, now he's the only one providing for us. And so... I ended up writing this, I'm not on social media now, but like writing this desperate post on Facebook to this group of veterinary moms. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I can't do this anymore, but I need to pay off my student loans and I need to support my family. Does anybody have any ideas? I mean, you know, just like, <laughs> I need help. Yeah. And um, one of my former classmates from vet school was on that. And she sent me a private message and she said, you know, I could have written this post four years ago. Like I was in the exact same position. This is what Mm -hmm. I do now. So she sent me some information about being a medical writer. And I was like, what is a medical writer? I have no Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. I've never heard of it. So she actually um, got me connected with like the, the national organization for medical writers. Um, She gave me some recommendations that I got my first couple of writing jobs. And so that was a way like I could, you, you know, cause after all those years of school and all those years in practice, I kind of felt, did I just waste that all? Yeah. Did I waste all those years, all that money, all that education, mm-hmm. which really isn't true. I mean, no, it was, you know, wasted. but it's not, yeah, it's never wasted. Cause yeah. like, uh, you know, you, the, the amount of um, experience that you gain, you know, while you were in practice, you can literally doing it now, like, um, you're basically translating it to, you know, our social media, like our asking Dr. Amber and here in her podcast, I mean, this is our goal, like to really help educate everyone, you know, um, yeah, there's so much knowledge that you can share. Yeah. And, and that was honestly, one of my favorite things about practice, was making that connection with people and being able to teach them Mm -hmm. 
because it, it's one thing to say, okay, your, your dog comes in with a list of symptoms. These are the tests we need to run, but explaining why this is why we need to do this. This is, yeah. or diagnosing a cat with diabetes. Like this, mm-hmm. this is why diabetes happens. This is how we treat it. Like, I think just giving the owners that information, I loved doing that because that put more of knowledge and responsibility in their hands to take, you know, they were able, uh, I feel like they were able to take better care of their pets with more knowledge, how to do it and why we're doing it this way. So anyway, so fast forward, you know, I, through the writing, through the videos that we do, the Ask Dr. Amber section, um, I'm able to do that still. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I do, uh, you mentioned weekend vaccine clinics, so I'm still able to, you know, to have contact with dogs and cats and Mm -hmm. clients that bring them in. Um, but without like the stress of, (laughs) yeah, you know, I, I kind of tell people like nothing sick or dying is coming in, you know, like, you get to see lots of healthy puppies, healthy kitties, you know, yeah, older but pets, I, but like it, it's, it doesn't have that weight of the life is in my hands. Yeah. If that makes also, sense. <laughs> yeah, of course. And also I feel like the energy that you put out when your weekend vaccine um, events, like it's different. Like you, you will be more like the energy that you give out to the pet owners. It, it's a different kind. You can give them, um, again, you're still educating them. You help them how they can provide, you know, better care for their animals. So I mean, it, it, it may be different from being in practice, but still, you're still doing what you're, you love, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Which is awesome. Yeah. Well, and then I think you guys found me on LinkedIn or something. I was, wow, that's, I don't think that's something I could ever do. I could never record videos and nobody, (laughs) nobody would ever want to watch my videos and (laughs) But look at you now, your <laughs> social media. <laughs> we call it, you know, Kyle was just saying like social media influencer. But no, um, y- you are helping so many people through this small videos that we put out. You know, it, it just gives us a little um, information and like, okay, what can I do? Because I mean, you can Google a lot of stuff, but you know, sometimes Google gives you scariest like answers out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when sometimes I'm, you know, like researching the topic with my videos, I'll just, I'll Google something just to see what pops up. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, the first link has like really bad information. Like I feel that responsibility to give people good information so that Mm -hmm. they can make better decisions for their pets. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I have another question, like as pet owners look for supplements, right? Like, I mean, the reason why I have this company, because I feel not a lot of people are aware of preventative prevent prevention is really like a key for people that has animals. Because like it is, it's so expensive to not a lot of people can spend 800 grand. I mean, $800 for like x-ray, you know, not even a lot of people will bring their dogs to be spayed because they have no idea how much it's going to cost right but um i mean i feel prevention is really the key on on um basically like helping animals so 
you know, now that there's so many supplements or that are out there, therapeutic care, like how does this change the role of a vet, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. In Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in my experience with, uh, you know, the clinics where I worked, it really was trying to keep pets healthier rather than doing like reactive sick care. So, you know, like you want, you want it to be even in, in human medicine, I'd rather it be a healthcare system, not a sick care system. You know, I mean, everybody, every pet is going to get sick. Like that's just inevitable. That's just life. Mm -hmm. But if we can give them the best nutrition, we can Mm -hmm. give them good supplements. We can give them exercise. We can give them social interaction, you know, Mm -hmm. that mental stimulation, like they can just live such healthy lives, like longer and healthier lives. If we look at it that way versus, you know, in practice, I saw so many like obese cats that ended up with diabetes. And it's like, you know, if we had just been more careful about their diet and their exercise and keeping them at a healthy weight, Mm -hmm. then there's a good possibility we could have prevented this horrible disease. And so that was, that was my focus in practice, even like, we need to get this dog on a better, better food, we need to um, get them on these supplements to, Mm -hmm. to help prevent so many things. And then really, I mean, you look at the cost of food, you look at the cost of supplements and think, oh my gosh, that's so much money. Yeah. But I would rather put that money into preventative care rather than them ending up with this long-term health condition that has to be treated with medications and ongoing testing like that ends up being as much or more probably than the preventative care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just reminded me of like there was a post that I saw in one of the um, shelters that I follow and we basically help. I was really sad because there was this dog that was basically surrendered because he had diabetes and he needs his shots and medicine, yeah. I think weekly. And I was just so heartbroken. Oh my God. How can, get what I mean? Like, and yep. the pup, the puppy was, I mean, it, it's not a puppy, but you know, it's like less than five years. And I'm like, how can he have that in such an early stage of his life? Like I was really like stressed out. I cried. Like, I mean, with you, like you get sad because you empathize your cl- with your clients and all those stuff. I get stressed when I see all these like dogs that are being like dumped into shelters or needing to be fostered. Like, Every day, I'm like, oh my god, I had to stop watching this because <laughs> you know that that's what I check out. Like, I'm like, because I need to know the people that I can support. Like, um, part of Vital Pet, like, um, we we do um partner with like our local shelters. We basically give out products because like this dogs too that are being rescued have problems like most of them have like skin conditions and all those stuff and our supplements like the oil the fish oil can really help yes yeah Yeah. and sometimes if I have extra I will okay I'll take care of this puppy like you know medical bills or whatever but my god there's just so many dogs and animals that you know cats even like that need some homes and you know I'm just I'm not talking about just home that you know 
people that really knows or how to take care of them like yes i mean again yeah. like education and prevention and this is what we're actually doing by the pet life podcast because we just really want to <laughs> you know educate like give our community like, ideas on how we can help our animals live longer and at the same time save not necessarily save but you know basically prevent animals going to vets for what um medical uh, a huge medical condition or something yes. like that like yep. our goal is just to have a wellness check as you said you know you wanted um a, an animal to be what was that you said like wellness check or wellness yeah or- have it be health care instead of sick care sick care yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but yeah dr amber thank you though like i mean 13 years you were able to um help a lot of um animals and for parents out there and now you're still doing it it may be different it, it's a different setting but still you have the platform to you know take care of animals by giving um idea um you know educating them or pet parents you know like me I learned so much from our constant conversations and that's why we started this podcast to share um whatever it is that we discussed and yeah I'm excited there's more to come but again like um also Dr. Amber what are your thoughts about sustainability in pet supplements or wellness pet wellness well I think that um I mean, it's definitely important, you know, we have to look at the future of our planet and Mm -hmm. think if we don't take care of, of what we have now, then we're going down the wrong road, I guess, you know, like you look at the whole, the whole food web. And if one of those, uh, you know, we want to call it a food chain, one of those links is missing, then everything else is going to fall apart. And so um, I think you know, fish oil, salmon oils, one of the most important supplements, I feel personally, I mean, I take fish oils myself, I give them to my kids, my husband (laughs) takes them, you know, yeah, Um, there's so so, many benefits. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think they're so good for your health, but we need to do it in a way that we're not, we're not harming. Yeah, Yeah. depleting the ocean. Exactly. And also like, you know, catching it in a, in a way we're in like, you know, the bigger um, fish can go back or like, you know, in a very um, sustainable way. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's what so. we're doing. That's great. Cause like we're really aligned in that thinking, like um, how a company should run. Like, as I said, I think on the, the previous episode, like I, I love when a, a small company like ours that going towards like the goal of being sustainable and being like conscious of how they can take care of the planet in the future yeah I think Dr. Amber this is such a good like conversation about your experience and how you know you're able to like help animals and how you were able to become like a Dr. Amber in the podcast I mean you know there's there's so much like stuff we, we wanted to know and you were able to share it to us I think you have a some possum announcement before we end. Yeah. So I'm really excited to announce that Vital Pet Life is giving away salmon oil to our listeners. So send us your questions at podcast at vitalpetlife.com and we'll be announcing the winners on the next episode. So don't forget to share this with your friends and your family and fellow fur parents.
Thank you, Dr. Amber. Thank you for having me, Donnie. Yay. Don't forget to follow our channel for more talks about pets, tips, advice, and fun stuff. Happiness, vibrance, and longevity for our fur babies and our planet. Once again, thank you for tuning in. This is Donnie, your Chief Treat Lady at Vital Pet Life. Until next time!